0: the mic, they start dimming the lights, you started feeling alright, from Birmingham, home of the Teddy Longs, and the Ruben Stutters, more once you discover, for all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns, for all of the lovers, Mickey James and Marvin Gaye, for all of the lovers, Sasha Banks, Janelle Monae, Silk, Sonic, and Paige, allow me to say, Love. I just found a place we escape every one of us I was kinda late cause I just made it up the struggle but Walking by the fate, 'cause cause I know it's right in front of us Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the Wrestle Hey y'all Welcome to a new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. So in this special episode, I have an amazing conversation With viral teaching sensation and singer-songwriter Victor Taylor Perry. We of course talk about his music career and we talk about wrestling and the beautiful way that it has helped his students express themselves and their feelings. And we just talk so much more about life and teaching during the pandemic and so many different things. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Special guest with me who's like a man of many talents I must say he is a singer songwriter and a teacher and a Morehouse grad but most importantly um he is a wrestling fan um who has gone viral for various videos he has posted of his wrestling fandom so please welcome um Victor Perry how are you I'm
1: doing all right Stephanie thank you for having me
0: Of course, I had to have you. I knew I had to have you on the show the more I saw your videos and stuff. So I was just like, you know what? He needs to be on the podcast. So I had to add you to the list. And I'm just so glad that we are doing this today, like of all days. So I'm just really excited. Thank you. Of course. So I'm going to start my interview off by asking you, when did you fall in love with wrestling?
1: (sighs) I was in the third grade. I randomly came across wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew of it, uh, but it wasn't something that was in my household. Uh, it was on a Saturday, I believe it was Velocity.
0: Oh yes.
1: Um, and it, it was a cruiserweight division, and I was just in awe of like all the the magic, the gymnastics that was involved. And so I was like, I want to watch this, but I didn't know it came on every Saturday. So I think. The next week, I saw something maybe on a Thursday, and I think that was SmackDown. And then it was completely different; it was like a whole new show. Like it did, it was nothing like Velocity. Um, and before I knew it, I got my twin brother involved in on it, and we just started watching it. Like we figured out the schedule, we figured out well, who were our favorite wrestlers, and we just became a a thing that just became a part of both of our lives.
0: Okay, so you started watching like the kind of like the sister show to SmackDown Velocity. Mm-hmm. I know that's a pretty deep cut for a lot of people like in the 2000s like it was almost like you had Raw had Sunday Night Heat yeah, and then SmackDown had Velocity and I used to enjoy watching it and I used to get mad that Velocity would go off early. Yeah. Like <laughs> like cause it's like I was used to like all the hour long shows or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then once um, but then it's just like when you watch Sunday night, he and Velocity, like they will go off after an hour, and I just be like, "Come on, like I want more." But that's like so cool that you got started with the cruiserweight division as well, which is another deep cut because a lot of people don't know, you know, how uh, people don't remember rather how amazing that cruiserweight division was back then. Like, who were were some of your favorites in?
1: I mean, you had Ray, but I feel like his name was Paul London.
0: Yeah, Paul London. Yes. Paul
1: London. um, And he had a tag partner, right?
0: Yeah. Wasn't it Brian Kendrick?
1: Brian Kendrick. Yes. Yes. Those were the first, that was, I remember that match. I remember one of their matches and I was like, yo, they're crazy. Um, And so yeah, that's what got me into it. It was them. um, I guess you could call Hurricane.
0: Yes. (laughs) Like
1: Hurricane, I remember his outfit with Mighty Molly. Yeah. Mighty Molly. So yeah.
0: And then you also had Tajiri as well.
1: That was my brother's favorite.
0: Oh yes, Tajiri was really cool. Yeah. And then of course you had Chavo Guerrero who held the Cruiserweight title a number of times too. Like that Cruiserweight division was really lit. It was
1: popping and I remember it ended up being on TV. Like it was, uh, well, of course it was on TV, but like the main show, like it was considered, you know, it was at times, you know, considered a, a main main title. So I thought that was cool too. We don't see it now, but like, Yeah, the Cruiserweight division back then was stacked Like stacked
0: Mm -hmm. It really was Mm -hmm. And it almost makes you wish They would put more into their Like they did try to put more into their Cruiserweight division like with 205 Mm -hmm. Live And everything but they've made So many various changes now that it's just Like that's no longer a thing It's Mm -hmm. like their title has been unified With the NXT North American American title Yeah yeah. I miss that a lot because yeah. I remember that first tournament was amazing <laughs> Yeah, it was great yeah. So, um, did you ever have any issues You know, with your wrestling fandom You know, growing up Like how some people have a tendency To like say that they're a wrestling fan But then they get made fun of by others Who might not understand it Or think it's fake or something
1: No, uh, I'm from the South I'm from Georgia So, it was weird uh, To a lot of people But they didn't make fun of it uh my brother and i well we always beat to our own drum so in like fourth or fifth grade when we uh started sharing our love for it with our friends um we created the chain gang we stole cena's moniker and created a chain gang club at our school um it was me my brother and like five other kids um and we'd sit at lunch every day and we'd bring in our magazines. Cause you know WWE used to have the magazines. Yes. And we, of course we had the Diva magazines, <laughs> So we had the magazines, uh, the toys, all the, oh, see Double Trouble. So because it was me and my brother, we got Double Trouble. So we figured out we could get the full roster if he collected all the men, I collected all the girls. So we had a whole roster at one point. Then we had every wrestler that was on roster for 2004 for Raw and SmackDown. We had every action figure um, we would bring up to school. We, My mom is a computer analyst, so like we had a printer in our house, which was rare back in the day, uh, to have your own printer. Wow. Um, yeah. And she would print. we would print out like flyers that say chain gang, and then on it would say who we were. So at the table, we'd pretend we were different wrestlers, and we'd take on their gimmicks. Even though we didn't know that's what it was, a gimmick, uh, we took on their likeness. So my brother was Cena, um, I was Randy Orton. We had a kid be HBK, Triple H. We had one girl in the group; and she was Trish Stratus. But I was a Victoria fan, so I wanted a girl to be Victoria. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was it was embraced. I think the other kids thought it was cool because they all wanted to sit at our table, but we wouldn't let them. We were like, "No, <laughs> part of the chain can see me." Like, we would do it. Like, we would do all that. Like, yeah, it was it was cool. Uh, and then we had our first. We did a. WWE came to Tallahassee, Florida. So I'm from Thomasville, Georgia. So like we live like literally on the Florida, Georgia line. So like Tallahassee, Florida is like, I mean, we go there for the movies, we go there for shopping, we go there for food. Like that's how close we are. Um, They came to our Civic Center and we all went as a group uh, to see a a live show. Um, And it was fun.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So you basically built your own... Group around wrestling and made it the cool thing to do.
1: Yeah, it was something else. All the kids were all then watching it, and I'll never forget because we couldn't watch Raw. Um, well, we had a bedtime, so like my mom made us go to 10, you know, Raw is three hours. So, what we would do is uh, we turn the TV down really low, we turn the brightness down really low, so you can't because you know, like, I guess. They, the doors are lower now to the floor, but like back in the day, like the doors, you know, had like that space underneath, so you yes. could see the light flashing, so we'd have to like, we were like rigging, like we had the TV tent down, like the tent of the TV down, the brightness of the TV down, just so that it wouldn't flash, and so we would just sneak and watch raw, like all the way through. Like, and we go to school and we talk about it with our peers at the chain gang table. And they're like, what? We didn't see that. We had to go to bed. No, man, you should have saw what such and such did in the main event, yo. Like, it was was cool. You know, it was one of those things.
0: That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Y'all basically was like sneaking and watching wrestling and then talking about it and making it the cool thing to do at your school. That is definitely one of the more different stories that I've heard about wrestling fandom because um in some cases there are some people who get made fun of for watching wrestling or they just don't talk about it Mm -hmm. like i was one of those people where i would talk about watching wrestling still Mm -hmm. um and then everyone else would talk about how they started and they quit and then they would try to make fun of me for it but i would still do it because i'm just that person yeah okay and (laughs) yeah and
1: and it's their loss because they're missing something amazing
0: right you are and i think that's amazing that you were able to do that and then even go to a live show in florida and living on the florida georgia line that's so cool
1: yeah that was the only show i went to for years
0: oh okay so what was the last show you went to like have you been to any lately
1: yeah like as an adult so like i stopped watching wrestling for an extended period of time because my interests changed I got older um and music came into my life like and so I focused on that for a long period of time but then the pandemic hit and then I felt right I just it had nothing to do um and so wrestling my brother my brother stayed with it so like he stayed with wrestling all throughout the 2012 to 2000 19 era. So he, he would message me and say, Hey, you should check this person out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard names like Sasha Banks, uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Charlotte Flair. Like I heard those names a lot, but I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as an adult, I now have like, before it was my parents like, Oh, we can't afford it. Can't take you to those. Now I'm an adult. And so when I fell back in love with it, Mm -hmm. Um, again um, I'm an adult now and I can pay for those things and so I went to my very first live like, tape show ever it was a survivor it was survivor series uh, in November 2021 Mm -hmm. and then I went to Raw the next night um, it was two nights at the Parkways and then I went to Madison Square Garden this past March with my kids and I went to SmackDown, uh, March 25th. I remember wow. those because those are monumental moments for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear that that's monumental for you. And adulthood definitely does have its perks, you know, when you're able to pay for your own tickets and do stuff, you know, and sort of heal that inner child that mm-hmm. never got to do certain things. That's really oh, yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, I was like, I'm going to drop $400 on a ticket. Why <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah, I, I was like, true story uh when i was debating going to survivor series for the first time i had it was literally rent survivor series you know which one i chose
0: oh!
1: <laughs> my landlord was like i was like
0: i'm gonna be late this month <laughs> oh my god you were late on rent for survivor series that's right Lord, that that's love.
1: <laughs> but I won't teach my kids that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh God, no. No. No, that's not good money management. <laughs> no, not at
1: all. I was like, I was hurting that month. I was like, oh Lord Jesus, help me through. Yeah. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was worth it. I got to see it a great, a great pay-per-view. Um and got to experience it for the first time where I felt like it sounds cheesy, but alive. Like it just felt like nothing else mattered but being there. And when it ended, I felt incomplete. I was mm-hmm. like, I need to experience this again, which is why I went to Raw the next night. And then after that, I was like, every time they come to this area, I'm going, like, regardless. Like, and the thing is, I've gotten spoiled because... Like I said I bought the tickets they were in the hundreds so they were right there near the front mm-hmm. but not on the floor but that wasn't good enough for me so when I went to Smackdown I had to get floor seats and I was on the fourth row behind the commentators desk so I was really close but that's not good enough for me Oh God! Type of guy, so I now got to figure out how I'm gonna make some more money so I can go to front row.
0: (laughs) See, the only time I've ever been in the front row for a wrestling event was like when NXT during the Black and Gold era, where they used to do NXT live shows. Mm-hmm. And they came to the Boutwell because I'm in Alabama. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, you're and,
1: Southern, love yeah.
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> so we went to the Boutwell, and they were there. And they told us to move up to the front, regardless of what tickets you had, because mm-hmm. this is more of a smaller auditorium. And so we went up to the front It was me and my boyfriend and his Mm -hmm. mom And we went up to the front and experienced Everything and it was the coolest Like this was during the time Andrade was NXT champion With Zelina Um, This was also around the time um, The Street Profits Were just finding their groove Um, Buddy Murphy was there Like Bianca Belair was even there Like this was early In her and Montez Ford's relationship and everything. So we saw a lot of like who's who on the main roster now. That's so um, cool. At that show. And we were sitting right in the front. And I'll never forget meeting Ember Moon because she was the women's champion. And um, she was so nice to us, and we have a picture together and everything. Um, so that was the only time I've ever been up front, but it's definitely like the coolest thing. Yeah. And it's even cooler when you don't necessarily like have to pay for it. it was right. Like,
1: it's like, hey, Perks.
0: Yes, it was a lucky time. It really mm-hmm. was. And we just That's had so cool. much
1: fun. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, I love Emre Um And I knew of her well. So, like, even when I wasn't watching, I'm a big Victoria fan. Mm-hmm. And I was watching an interview. I always, I've kept up with Victoria, like, throughout my life. So, like, I never forgot about her. So, like, when I was in high school, I still... Researched her, watched her indie stuff. So I did watch wrestling, but it was only for her. So, like, I remember mentioning um, Ember Moon was inspired by her. So that's when I was like, okay, so this girl must be good because she's naming Victoria as her inspiration. So I knew of her, um, even if when I wasn't watching it for that short period of time
0: yeah victoria was always one of my favorites too she was always so crazy i really hope at some point she comes back and they put her in the hall of fame because her rivalry with trish stratus was fire
1: but it was the first woman's rivalry like what are you talking about like they didn't have a storyline before victoria and trish like that was a storyline that they created between those two women and they knocked it out of the ballpark you know but yeah
0: yeah she's good for that Yes, definitely. We'll get more into your favorite wrestlers a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, when did music, per se, become your passion?
1: So I grew up in a household. Both of my parents are musicians. Um, uh, they're ministers of music and gospel music, so church. Um, so I've always sung, um, and I did opera in high school. My mom did opera, so I just followed her lead. Um, but it wasn't until um college my freshman year and at Morehouse um wasn't such a good experience I was just not happy um I started writing in my journal um a lot like just expressing my feelings expressing my emotions and I was listening to Rihanna's Stay with Mickey Echo and I was just listening to the lyrics that was the first time I've ever listened to a song and listened to the lyrics before it was always just the vocal Um, and I was like, yo, this sounds so much like the stuff that I'm writing in my journal. Um, and I was like, what if I translate this over to music? You know, like, what if I just put a melody to it? And so my dad, of course, being the awesome dad he is, he was like, when you come home for the summer, we're going to record. And I was like, we don't have a studio. He's like, you let me take care of that. So, um, I came home for the summer. He had built, he literally built a studio in our house. Um, like we took one of our bedrooms and he gutted it out and really created a professional studio. Like it looked professional. And so we went in the booth and I just learned how to sing in the booth, you know, learned how to write in the booth. Um and since 2016, it's just well that was 2013. So since 2013, I I've been a songwriter. But I would say um officially a songwriter, um, 2020 since
0: 2020. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Like, so basically you came up in a family of singers and, um, when it finally clicked for you, <coughs> it made sense for you. And then it's just like, you sort of use that inspiration from your family and then within you and also within your training to sort of find your own voice and also your own words as well.
1: Yeah. It, it was, it was interesting, uh, presenting it to my parents. There's such a, critics Hmm. um they demand excellence and so for them i'm singing music and writing about things that they didn't think you know every parent thinks they know their kids and so when they're looking and listening to my lyrics i'm talking about deep dark things they're like what is wrong with you like why are you singing about that you should be singing about this and i'm like I don't get it like this is me expressing how I feel this is me telling you because I'm not a talker I don't talk about my feelings um, and so this is me talking to you guys so when they finally got it and got the sound and got like the direction because it's pop I did a lot of pop mm-hmm. um, alternative music so for them they're like well you're not doing gospel music one
0: mm. um,
1: and then you're also talking about all kinds of dark stuff like what's wrong with you but when they finally accepted it it's been great, you know. They support it. Uh, they don't. I, they don't give critique, you know. It's always just a round of applause, and I love it.
0: Yeah. It's good that they were able to come around, um, even though what you were doing was a little bit different than what they were used to. Because trust me, me being from the south, I understand how some families um, can be when it when it comes to doing something outside of what they know or outside of how they sort of taught you and sort of molded you in their own image but then once you sort of grow up and figure out you know what else is going on within you mm-hmm. and then even what else is going on in the world it's like you sort of combine those things and it sort of catches people who've known you your whole life off guard mm-hmm. and they you know sometimes they don't you know necessarily respond the best to it but then once they you know realize that this is just a part of your transformation as your own human being as your your own self um, the ones who truly love you Will stay by your side That's And right. and it's really great that they were Able to do that and support you in that Even though it was in something completely different um, This kind of reminds me Of Janelle Monet in a conversation She was having at Red Table talk yesterday It's pretty interesting
1: um, and You know what's funny uh, I used to work for Sony Music Oh wow uh, And we were working with her um, And I met her And she stopped like we were working and she was like you have a great spirit and great energy and i was looking at her like what like (laughs) that's so strange but i think she felt the same thing that she may have been going through yeah you know like kindred spirit so i thought that was cool that you mentioned that because i remember that moment quite vividly when i met her um working at sony
0: Oh my gosh, that's such a cool experience. You know, Monet was one of my favorite artists, like period. Like <laughs> I remember discovering her on my space because <laughs> I would only go on my space to listen to music her and music. I found her. Yeah. And I found her by accident one day and I was just like, who is this girl? Was it and... the
1: Archangel Angel thing?
0: Yes, the art arch- mm-hmm. well, no, not the archangel before that. It was the Metropolis. Yeah, uh, that's
1: the one with, with the robot.
0: She... Yeah, with many moons with mm-hmm. that song. And I loved her ever since and I was just like, girl, she needs to be famous. And I used to get mad at BET, like, how come you're not showing her? (laughs) And then eventually they caught on Uh late, but they did catch on finally. And now here we are with her. And it's just like, she's just, you know, amazing. And she's just a trailblazer. And just the fact that you work with her, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I did marketing with Sony, college marketing. So like, we worked with all a lot of artists, like marketing their albums, uh, tours, when they were in the city. So yeah, mm-hmm. she was cool. We were working. We were working a, a tour. Two things. We were working a tour for her, and then she signed. She had a label, um, and she signed this girl band. I cannot remember their names, but they had a song called "Going Nowhere." But it's a girl band that they signed.
0: Um, oh my God! I think I remember them because it was Wonderland, wasn't it?
1: Wonderland was a label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: it was Jadena, and it was um, Roman, Roman G and Arthur. Yes, and I know those women, and I just can't remember their names to save my life. Yeah, oh my gosh, I forgot I'm so their mad. Name.
1: Me too. I feel bad, but they were. Oh,
0: God. Yes, I love them. They were great. Um, so you mentioned your college experience and how you went to Morehouse, and you're a Morehouse graduate like what was that experience like and what ex- and what exactly was your major at that prestigious hbcu because i've only i've heard about that school my entire life yeah even though of course you know i'm a woman so i would have had to have gone to spelman, spelman. Across the street yeah but either way like what was that experience like for you
1: it was it had it up in its ups and downs like i said my mm. first year was rough um i didn't like it i didn't want to be there i didn't even want to go to this school that was not mm. my choice Uh, My parents made me go there. Um, But I'm glad that they did. It taught me a lot about me as a black man, um, owning my blackness, loving my blackness, and uh, sharing it with the world. Um, But it had its ups and downs. It ended up being up. Like I said, it brought me so many opportunities. Um, Like I said, love music. You know, I was the biggest Rihanna fan. So, like, I studied everything about Rihanna. So everything about her albums, her singles, her sales, her tours, her endorsements, radio play, any and everything, I knew it. I knew the rollout for her every song, what was the marketing behind it, um, every, just all, everything. So that got me the job with Sony Music. Um, someone overheard me arguing with another person and I was spitting fact and like spitting like what I knew because I studied it. Uh, and they were like, you know, you can actually take that passion and work for a record label. And I was like, what? Like,
0: <laughs> like, yeah, like
1: those are there's literally fields in the record label. You have marketing, a r digital sales, like radio, video promo, like all that stuff. And I was like, what? So I interviewed, got the job was a marketing rep for Sony, so I did college marketing for Atlanta. Um and then I did internships at Epic Records. Um where I worked with a lot of epic artists like Fifth Harmony, uh, Megan Megan Trainer, JLo, Sierra, Jadenna Um oh, my favorite my favorite one to work with was Future. Um we worked on DS2. So like it was just like a, Morehouse granted me that opportunity. Like the passion that I had, because I was just going to Morehouse to be a political science, like I majored in that. Mm-hmm. Then I switched over to ELA. Um, and I didn't really have a plan. I didn't have a game plan. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was just doing it because it was easy. Like I liked writing. Um, but it afforded me that opportunity to work at Sony. Um, and it gave me a lot of experiences um, that I didn't took over to education once that fell on my lap years later
0: okay so what exactly is ela if you don't mind me asking sorry
1: that's a new york thing english language arts oh okay (laughs) sorry about that
0: no you're fine you're fine it's just you said ela and i was listening because you want you were still going with your train of thought Uh but my brain was like what is that (laughs) hold up what's that
1: Pause. wait a minute (laughs) right
0: yeah but okay ELA. that's great so culturally, like what did you do like outside of your studies at Morehouse?
1: So if it wasn't working for Sony, nothing. Ah. <laughs> it was all Sony. Like I put I'm the type of person, I put my all into what it is that I'm working on. Um and so I wanted, it was a huge program. So it was like 80 to 90 reps. I wanted internships. I wanted the main job. So in order to make myself known and make myself stand out, I put everything that I had into it. And that's how I got the internships. Out of the 85 or 90 of us, six of us were brought to New York City. I was one of the six. Um, Out of the six, one black person. It was me. So, you know, I just put my all into it. I didn't have time for anything else outside of it. Um, I did sing a little on campus uh, and I don't know if it's still there but like on campus there's like this mural that someone painted and there's a like, of different things at Morehouse there's a picture of me singing so I thought that was cool so I have a legacy you know uh, <laughs> if it's still there um, but that was about it the only thing I'm thinking about I did sing for Tyler Perry
0: oh um, wow and I
1: got a standing ovation but it was with this group of this ensemble because uh, I did do acting just like I did like this much of acting uh didn't like it but <laughs> i did that much um and we did a performance for um john lewis wow. I mean, rest in peace um it was for his birthday and we did a performance and a lot of who's who in the black world was Ooh. there and tyler Perry was there jamie fox hosted um and they gave us all a standing ovation so i thought that was cool
0: that sounds amazing that sounds like something that would happen to me and i would just cry afterwards oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you
1: know, yeah it was it was so surreal like i got and i didn't even audition it just came to me it was like one of those things i just happened to be performing at morehouse so someone was like you should go and do this thing with steve harvey and i was like what like what he doing here and they're like you should go do it and then like they were like yeah and it's gonna be for this this and that before i knew it we were just all into it like it was like a cast of like three black talented singers and actors
0: wow yeah that's amazing so did you so with you being in college did you have time for wrestling even then or were you really just you sound like you were just all in so you had no time for no distractions you sound like a mamba mentality type of person yeah (laughs) when it came to your studies and everything so you really had no time for wrestling then
1: no that's the thing like i knew it existed but I didn't watch it. My brother kept me up okay. to date with who was there. Um, but I didn't watch it. No. Um, and, you know, the funny thing was, it came to Atlanta so much when I was in school. And I right. didn't know. And I could have experienced it. So, yeah. I beat myself That's- up about it. In fact,
0: I think they had a WrestleMania in Atlanta they did they had a Wrestlemania in Atlanta in 2011 cause that was my that was my last year that was my senior year of high school and me and my dad and my sister went and that was the last wrestling event I went to before I went off to school
1: gotcha so yeah I remember it I was there I was that was my um okay I'm I'm confused (laughs) wait a minute What is it? was that you said you were, wait. I
0: wasn't even in high school. Was I in high school? In 2011?
1: I don't yes, I was in high school. I was a junior in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. That yeah. had a brain fart. I was like thinking like time periods. Yeah, and I didn't go. <laughs> Did not Aww. go.
0: And then I stopped. Even-
1: I actually stopped watching wrestling in 2010 because Victoria left. She left Mm -hmm. altogether. I think she retired. I think she left TNA. Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: 2010. So that's when I stopped. She was like the the sole reason why I was watching it at that point.
0: Oh, okay. I understand that, you know, but... Yeah, I was heavily into it. And then we went to that WrestleMania because it was the closest one outside of New Orleans. That's really the closest WrestleMania's ever yeah. been to us. So we knew we had to go. And we went and I enjoyed it. And it was at the Georgia Dome, which no longer I was longer about to ask you, now. where was it? Yeah, it yeah. was at the Georgia Dome. And that was just like, it was the Undertaker versus Triple H. Um, it was The Miz versus John Cena for the title. and The Rock was hosting. And they had a mixed tag match, but didn't really have a tentpole women's match, um, which basically sort of speaks to the time yeah, um, I in which it was in. But yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the one WrestleMania I've been to. That's and, so dope. Yeah, but everybody, you know, critically destroys it all the time, but I don't care. It's my WrestleMania. So yeah,
1: like, facts. I mean, you own it and live it, okay?
0: Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't care. So... You mentioned, I remember the first time I saw you and noticed you, you Mm -hmm. posted a video, of course, of you and your kids in the classroom watching wrestling. So I have to ask you, what's the most rewarding part about being a teacher? Mm.
1: Growth. I like to see growth, whether it's academically or personal. Um, I feel like I've done my job when I can see a kid show growth.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful, actually, because it's like, um, I love, I love it when teachers care and it's clear that they care and when they care enough to see the growth within their children, I feel like those are the best people who are truly meant to be teachers,
1: yeah, And I think it's so hard being a sixth grade or a middle school teacher because you don't see it right away, the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it later. Like, And I just think back to this moment recently. One of my first students ever um, that I taught, her mom tagged me on an Instagram post and it was an acceptance letter to uh, Dartmouth. Mm. And I was just like, It was just so, it was a heavy experience. I was like, wow, they grow. You know, like she wanted to go to college. These are like kids who come from backgrounds I dare to never wish on anyone. Um, Their lives are hard. And to see them say, I want to go to college, because that's what we teach them, got to go to college. And Mm -hmm. to see them make it happen years later, like it's the growth that you want to see. And the fact that the mom remembered me, I taught her seventh grade, you know, and years later, her mom remembered enough to say, hey, Mr. Perry, thank you for helping my daughter. She wants to say thank you for helping her get into Dartmouth. You know, it's things like that. That's what I like to see, you know, just growth.
0: That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story. And I know that has to make you feel really good inside knowing that you, you know, planted those seeds, you know, in your students. So that's beautiful to hear. So, how do you balance your music career and your teaching? That has to be a lot.
1: I don't. That's the thing. <laughs> there is no balance. What are you talking about? I just. I just do okay and now with this wrestling club i just do all right all right because like i have no time for anything and now i just rediscovered my love for video games and so oh, wow. like i just bought like a, literally a headset i got a ps4 i got a fortnite and wwe 2k22 mm-hmm. i don't have a life there's no such thing as balance like as soon as we finish this i'm getting on uh I want to break it in my headset. I want to play some games. You know, like, it's like there is no balance. When I, like I said, the reason why I said 2020 was the year when I um, committed to being a songwriter is because everything stopped. Mm -hmm. And we were in the pandemic and I didn't have to get up and leave my house. So I was able to sit with myself, not distracted, and I could just write. And so, and that, that year, those two years, I learned how to make it work. And so every Thursday, I'm in the studio. I'm like, only today, I'm not there because I'm here with you. But every Thursday, I'm in the studio. Every Monday and Tuesday, I'm writing songs. So Monday, Tuesday, I'm writing songs. Thursday, I'm recording. Monday, Tuesday, Friday, it's WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, video games (laughs) you catch my drift so it's like i'm just finding time throughout the day to just make all of the things that make me happy giving it some part of me
0: wow (laughs) that's really good that you have that dedication like that and it's so funny you say that there is no balance it's so funny because i don't you know i don't think i would truly call it a balance either in my life because mm-hmm. there's my job and then there's my mm-hmm. podcast and there's women's wrestling talk who which i always work with mm-hmm. and um occasionally me practicing commentary because i commentate um for an all female um wrestling division in gadsden alabama what Ooh. that's awesome yeah oh thank you but yeah <laughs> so basically i try so hard to pe- to to try to fit in regular life stuff like because even now, like last weekend, I didn't do an episode because I wanted to go see the Birmingham Stallions mm-hmm. because that's the USFL and it's, it's stationed here in Birmingham and I wanted to go support, you know, our first game and yeah. it's just like I try so hard to to you know fit in regular life stuff because sometimes mm-hmm. i just feel like if i let it take over me then i won't have anything left and maybe i'll burn myself out and yep. cry in a corner so yeah. i just try really hard to maintain you know a, a life outside but it does you know have its moments where it's just like ah but yeah yeah I but you know
1: you said something that just struck a chord with me crying in a corner i cannot remember the last time i cried because oh, i've been wow. so
0: happy Well, that's good.
1: (laughs) Like, I haven't felt burnt out. I haven't felt stressed. Like, it's amazing to think, like, when we feel like we're still, like, tired, we're giving something to something that we love. It brings us joy. It, like, cancels out that tired, burnt out, like, feeling. Because I'm exhausted. Like, I'm tired. I'm ready for the school year to end. I I want, like, a month-long break of just nothing but I'm still going, you know, there's things that's keeping me going like a hummingbird, you know, like I'm just going with the motion. So yeah, I totally, totally uh, connect with you on that. But I want to ask you, what is it like to commentate? Like, I feel like I could not call a match. I'd be like, she just hit her with a, a clothesline. And like, I feel like I sound <laughs> like dumb. Like, how do you do it?
0: See, it's funny because, um, i didn't think i could do it either um but the thing is it's like i try my best to watch wrestling and sort of study and listen to people and listen to other commentators of course of course who've been doing it longer than i have um and then on top of that um sort of painting the picture of what i see from my perspective and sort of making it real Mm -hmm. Um, And then I practice a lot because I know like I'm still new to it so I still try Mm -hmm. my best to practice um, Mm -hmm. from what I see a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and I'm mostly a color commentator. So it's me and then it's usually another person doing play by play. So sometimes I don't necessarily have to worry about knowing all the moves. Sometimes I'll just say stuff that's either really quippy to my commentator partner or give like certain facts about, you know, the, the wrestlers that I see, you know, and what their motivations are going mm-hmm. into a match and what the story is or why they're beefing with this person and all of that. And it's just really fun because you're pulling on so many levels of knowledge right. that you have, not not even just in wrestling, but just in life in general, um, like TikTok trends or... Pop culture stuff or music stuff or Disney stuff sometimes. Cause I've even made references to Frozen, like oh, in my Lord. last show. So, you let it go, Just let it yeah, go. Yeah, like <laughs> it's a lot of different things. But that's what I love about it though. Let's like you know, yeah, it's cool. I love it so much, but I do, you know, try my best to practice as much as I can. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know I'm not perfect, but I know I still have a ways to go. So it's Work fun. At it. Work at also, it. you're probably the first person who's asked me a question in my own interviews. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you're probably the first person who's ever asked me a question like that.
1: Wow, I'm happy to be the first person.
0: Yay!
1: <laughs> I really wanted to know because I think I, I, there's so much in the wrestling world, and I'm just like fascinated by all of it. Like. So like I've never talked to a commentator, so I'm like I want to know what it's like, you know? Like, is it difficult? Do you sometimes get tongue-tied? Do you like like oh like are you oh, in yeah. the moment where you're like oh like like what do I say like you know like you know because they always are like on point. You never hear them off, you know? So that's yeah, one that's really what
0: good. yeah that's where the practicing comes in because sometimes I do get tongue-tied a little bit, but you mm. know it's okay. It's all a work in progress. That's right. So. Yes, definitely. So what inspired you to start? Well, before I ask that question, let me ask, how did you, were you, you did talk a little bit offline about how you were a teacher during the pandemic. So you did mention how you were sort of at home, not doing anything. So did that include in your teaching career as well?
1: Oh yeah, I was teaching, but it didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was virtual. Virtual was a mess. Um, the kids showed up. And I did my best to make it a joyous environment, but it was tough. You know, I teach you how to read. I teach you how to write. I need to be there to see that you're annotating the text. I need to see that you're actually writing down. You know, like there's just things that i learned when I became a teacher that I couldn't do on a computer. You feel me? I can't Mm -hmm. tell, I mean, of course I know if you're cheating, like if you're copying off the internet, but I can't tell if you're picking up the skills because that's the most important part. Is the skills. do When you come across something that you don't understand, are you using these skills to help you decode it, break it down and put it into your own words so you understand it? That's what I teach. And I wasn't able to do it. So it was difficult. Um, but it taught me a lot about having patience. It taught me a lot about having empathy. because, And it taught me a lot about having equity the difference between equality and equity. And being able to see into my kids' lives that way, looking at their homes and hearing their homes and and feeling that energy, whether it's positive or negative, it taught me so much as an educator. I was like, I will never approach teaching in a way that I expect them to be able to perform the way that I think that they should perform. Because that's selfish and it's not fair of me. And I didn't know that before the pandemic. So I did under, I did gain those skills as a teacher. So now where I'm in the classroom, I have a little more patience and I have a little bit more grace to give Mm -hmm. when kids are defiant, when kids are not doing or meeting the expectation, when kids are, giving up. Just this week, I had a kid tell me in front of his classmates, and it was the first time this kid spoke, because the kid's always off task, but it was the first time that he spoke, and we were, I think that I'm a teacher who teaches reality. And so we're talking about GPAs in sixth grade. They're about to be in seventh grade. They need to know what their GPA is. They need to understand how it works, why we have it, because you gotta have a good one to get into college, get scholarships, so on and so forth. So one of the kids, I was like, look at your grades for this past trimester. What do you think you're gonna do to get a higher grade? And this kid said, I'm gonna get a 50. And I said, why just a 50? I don't know. I said, no, I really wanna know. Why just a 50? Like, why are you going for 50? That's all I think I can get. And it, I almost started crying. And it wasn't because I was like, I almost started crying because I'm like, what have I not done this year to make you feel successful? So that all you feel is a 50. And in that moment, I like, it shook me. I was like, and then I just responded in the most genuine way. I was like, well, the first thing you gotta do is come to school on time, my friend. He doesn't ever come to school on time. That's gonna get you in the door. That's gonna boost you automatically up to a 60, okay? And then you need help? Do what you can do. Giving your best sometimes is not a 100. But if it's all you can give is a 50 and it's your best, then I will accept that. Because then I can help you move it from a 50 to a 70. But I can't help you. You're saying you can't do more than a 50. I can't help you if you don't come to the table with the 50 that you give. And he was like, okay. All right, Mr. Bird. So it's baby steps. But the but teaching during the pandemic taught me to, to find that grace, give that grace, and live in that grace. So I am thankful for that.
0: Definitely. Wow. Like, I have such a great amount of respect for any teachers and even any parents that had to navigate that, you know, with their children. Cause I thought it was just bad just being an ordinary person in it. I can't even imagine being a teacher or being a parent and having to explain that to your children and then on top of that having to keep a sense of normalcy in their lives and then sort of maintain that level of normalcy while helping them still succeed you know in terms of an education like so kudos to you and essential workers and everyone else who had to navigate that and learn how you know to have patience in the midst of all that you I feel like to be a teacher you have to have patience anyway. Mm-hmm. But then to have another level of it during a time in which none of us have ever experienced in the modern world is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, and you guys are amazing. And I feel like y'all need to hear that a whole lot more than we all, than we tell you y'all appreciate are awesome. It. You're awesome. Thank you. We appreciate that. it.
1: Yeah. I, I just think now like looking at the kids, cause I got to stay with my fifth graders. So they're now in sixth grade so like I got to see them in the pandemic and I got to see them out of the pandemic so it's like when I go back to that piece about growth I see it you know and that's what's beautiful it's like I don't not every teacher I think gets to loop with their kids mm-hmm. uh so I'm on a program I think no I'm not gonna loop this year but I was supposed to loop with these kids all the way to eighth grade so I was supposed to see them go from fifth six seven eight but I want to stay in sixth grade. So I like sixth grade. Uh, I like the kids and I like the behaviors. Like, I like the want to be independent and being independent behaviors because I can break them and get them to the reality. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, I like that grade. But I got to see growth with these kids. And, like, I tell them, every, I remind them of it every day. Like, I don't and I tell them, I don't want you to feel unsafe. And I don't want, you feel, I don't want you to feel like I'm failing you as a teacher. So, I do my best every day to tell them. You're doing great. I see the growth. Do you feel it? Yeah, Mr. Perry, I feel it. Well then good, that's that's all I want you to, be to <laughs>
0: feel,
1: it, right? So yeah, thank you for asking that question. It made me reflect as well, so thank you.
0: Oh yeah, you're welcome, that's beautiful. So in the midst of all of this amazing stuff that you do as a teacher, what inspired you to start sharing wrestling matches with your children in the classroom? So,
1: I started watching wrestling in the pandemic. It was right around SummerSlam when Roman Reigns came back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: 2020, and Sasha lost her title to Oscar. That was mm-hmm. her. Uh, but I, um, I found joy in it, and so I didn't really talk. I didn't have anyone to share it with. You know, like my brother and I, we would talk. Like literally, we call each other and like talk on the phone. We'd be like this, like. Oh, you see that? Yo, that's crazy, yo. Like, we do that. But I didn't have anyone to, like, really, like, share it with. Um, And so when we got back into the school in 2021, wait, am I getting my ears confused? No, 2021. Yeah. We went back into the schools. Um, I didn't really have anyone to share it with. Like, I was watching, I remember Tampa Bay. Oh, this is why. It started with this idea, because of the women's... Main event in 2021, Bianca and Sasha. Yeah, it was a huge moment, and I had no one to share it with to talk about. Like, do you see the gravity of this moment? Like, do you understand like the bigness? Like all I couldn't share with anyone. So that school year, when August came, we had kids. You know, they came in finally in person. We were talking to Mm -hmm. them, and this is right around the time August has come. I'm still watching it, and I would mention it half hazardly with the kids, like, "Yeah, I'm watching wrestling." Da da da. And then it was in, in um, November, I'll never forget it. I was on my phone teaching, I was teaching and I, I happened to pull up my phone and Bianca posted that she's having a meet and greet in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, and the kid said, what's wrong with you, Mr. Perry? I said, one of my favorite wrestlers is having a meet and greet. I'm going to go meet her. And then one of the little boys said, oh, I watch wrestling. I said, you do? I said, it's Bianca. Oh, <gasps> I love Bianca. I was like, no, you don't. I said, you don't watch it. He was like, I do. She go like this. And she's she like going like that. So it was the cutest thing. So I was like, I'm going to take you. He's like, you are? I said, I'm going to take you. So I bought my Survivor Series ticket. He couldn't go to Survivor Series. His mom wouldn't let him. Um, So the next day, I waited in line for him. because I knew he couldn't wait in line that long. So I waited in line for him to 7 a.m. He met me at like 11. And we got in line and we met Bianca together. Took pictures, but while we were in line, they had raffle tickets. So out of the thousands of people that came, we won raffle tickets to Raw that night. So oh. I got to, to his first ever WWE show. And from that moment on, he came back bragging to all the kids. He was like, I got to meet Bianca Belair i got to take a picture with bianca i got to hang out with mr perry outside of school i got to go to raw he even talked about i got to see seth rollins get jumped by a a fan i was like we're not going to talk about that all right (laughs) (laughs) i was like cover your eyes all right like don't look at that like like yes it's crazy and um all the other kids like what i want to do this i want to I watch wrestling. I'm like, no, you don't. I said, well, I'm a start. I was like, all right, we'll start. Okay, you know? And by January, enough kids had gotten invested. So one day after we were giving a test, they were like, you can put on a movie. So I had put on Good Burger. But then Sunday, my spirit said, let's watch uh, SummerSlam um, with Roman Reigns and John Cena. That was the very first one that I showed the kids. And I put it on and they liked it. I posted a video about it and it went it went viral. So I was like, okay, cool. This is this is nice. I said maybe we'll watch wrestling again the next day because they liked it. The very next day I put on um I remember everyone. I put on well, before I showed them my cuz I love Carmelo Hayes, before I showed them that, I showed them was it Bianca and Sasha? I think it was Bianca and Sasha, but I didn't film it. And in that moment, it felt like we were there. Those kids literally were glued and they were reacting in a way that I, it gives me chills thinking about it. They were like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, get up, Bianca, get up, Bianca. Like. And it was the cutest. I was just like, I was taking, I was like watching them. I started watching them. I was like, oh my God, y'all like this. I was like, y'all are enjoying this. Like y'all really like, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, y'all like this. So when it finished, I said, if I started a club, like a wrestling club where we just watch wrestling, but I teach you about it. You know, we look at the ins and the outs from the top to the bottom, the history, the future, the present, all of that stuff. How many of you guys would be interested? Because it's just my homeroom class. Yeah. 40% raised their hand. I was like, cool, I'll start the club. And so we started it. And then we watched my, my boy Carmelo. Carmelo. And we showed, I sent him the video. He loved it. and It went viral. Um, And then he, like, in the moment, sent them a video back. And was like, what's up, Mr. Perry's class? Da-da-da-da. And the kid's like, oh,
0: what? They were like, oh, my God. Oh. So like So, like,
1: after that, it just took off, you know? Like, it just... Literally like that those those small moments helped create what it is now and like it's now an official club. Um I haven't finished filling out all the paperwork because it's a lot of work. I did not know having an after-school program was more intrusive than you being a teacher in the classroom. Oh, <laughs> like wow. they want everything of me. <laughs> like and ev- when I tell you they want everything of me, it's like whoa. So I'm still trying to go through the process to get it fully vetted, but it's approved. Um, they have a budget for it for next year. So we're good to go. Um, and it's going to be after school. So we now have a set time. I don't have to take my breaks anymore because like right now, wrestling club is during my break, my prep time. So when kids go to lunch and recess, that's my time to be alone, do my paperwork, grades, all that stuff. No, it's wrestling club. So I sacrifice that hour and a half to spend time with the kids in the wrestling club
0: wow so what's the name of the wrestling club
1: the wrestling club
0: okay that's it okay i just, I, just, <laughs> I, I,
1: I think that's gonna be the name because it feels it started organically and it was authentic and that's mm-hmm. what i think it should stay just the wrestling club we're just the wrestling club
0: And that's so cool how the kids just got into it and how just because this one boy was bragging and now they want to get in on the action and now they love it. And that's just so amazing. Like I love seeing kids. One of my favorite part of going to live events is seeing kids at live events because they just be... So into it and they just love to yell and they're just a part of the action just as much as adults Mm. are Mm. and it's just the coolest thing ever so that's so cool that they have a club in their school and they can feel you know at home with that like you have no idea like there might be some other kids who might watch wrestling but feel like they, feel they have to keep it a secret. But then when they go to your school, they feel like they don't have to because there's this club here for them. And then they can feel welcomed in there and bring in their knowledge. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. And, like,
1: all the other grades are jealous. And they're like, you have a wrestling club in sixth grade? So I'm going to open it up next year to the, all the grades. Except for oh! fifth grade. Except for fifth grade, unfortunately. Because I want them to work towards something. Right. Look forward to going to sixth grade. Do what you need to do in fifth grade so you can go to sixth grade and be a part of my wrestling club. You feel me? That's my pitch for education. Bing. But no, for real, for real. Like they like it. And you know, it's so interesting because a lot of kids are now like, there's a girl who's like in my class and she's so like girly. Like she likes the girly stuff. Mm -hmm. She came up to me randomly a couple weeks ago. I was like, Mr. Perry. I'm like, yes. um, I watched Sasha and Bianca on my own mm -hmm. and I really liked them. And I was like, you did? She's like, can I be a part of the wrestling club? And I was like, I was like, wait, what? You? (laughs) I was like, you? And she's been there every single, she has not missed a day not one day and she's always asking i'm trying to break her out of the like just like sasha bianca like i want her to look at charlotte and like bailey and becky like i want her to like all the rest i want her to like all of them but right now she's just Hell Can we watch? She's like, can we watch Bianca? I'm like, we've already watched. So we gotta let everyone. But I want to watch Bianca. Okay, all right. We'll put on Bianca. <laughs> and then like, then everyone's like, but we
0: want to watch Roman or we want to watch uh the Montez Ford.
1: We're like, all right, cool. And, and, and like, every time they're like, can we watch Carmelo? Can we watch Carmelo? I'm like, he don't have any new matches. Like, like you gotta wait. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna hit him up and be like, yo, you need more matches. Like, the kids want to watch you. But yo, like, it's crazy, like. They love it, you know? And I showed them Seth Rollins, and they like Seth. Mm-hmm. They like Cody. I think they like Cody just because everyone's, like, on this Cody Rhodes train. Uh, but they like Cody. Um, they really love Ricochet. Um, yes. I think all kids love Ricochet. You know, Ricochet is just, like, this superhero anime character.
0: Yes. You Who know. does all the cool flips. All of
1: them. <laughs> Listen, when I show the most, the, the matches I get the most reactions right now is Ricochet's. Like when he does a, anything crazy, it's so loud. I get in trouble. Like teachers have come like looking, giving me glares, like, and I'm like, relax, relax, they're not fighting. They're enjoying themselves. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so amazing. I love that for them. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, that's that has to be the most precious thing. So, do so. Does any of their reaction sort of remind remind you of you and your brother's reaction?
1: It does, but it doesn't because mm-hmm. we didn't know it was okay to be that free and lost in it.
0: Mm. And that's
1: what I like to see with these kids They are in a place Where they can just be lost in it And that's what makes me Mark and pop out Yeah,
0: That's so good That is so good I'm so happy for them getting lost in it So how do you feel About the state of wrestling now um, As a fan um, And how do you, And what do you think is great About wrestling and what can be improved About it
1: I like the fact that there's more color representation, mm-hmm. so it's more diverse. I love the inclusion of women, in and on, on a on a, I love the inclusion of women as being looked at as wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I do think that we have a long way to go with getting them to be equal, meaning that equal storylines, like it's just not just the main event players, but it's all of them um, and giving them more time. I say it every week. Women need more time. You can't judge a product. You can't give a critique if you're not giving them time to tell the story, you know? Um, So I champion that. Um, And I just like the fact that there's so many faces, different faces. I remember, well, now we have it, but I remember when I first started, I remember it was Asuka as a champ, mm-hmm. Roman as a champ, Sasha as a champ. Uh, was Nakamura a champion? Yeah, he was a champion, but he wasn't at that time. But I can't remember who else was early 2020, 2021. With champions, they were all colored. And I was just like, yo, where was this when I was a kid? You know, the only... Person of color we had to look up to was King Booker, and he was playing a gimmick that wasn't even him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's like, to see Montez Ford get to wig out and be his natural blackness is so dope. Or to see Bianca not lose her blackness is dope. Like, to see her come out and twirl her hair, do all the things that are associated with being a black woman, and be proud of it, and it's used as a symbol of strength, it's dope. You know, like, Um, So I definitely see progress that has been made, especially from when I was a kid, but there's so much more that can still happen. And so I just hope, you know, it happens, of course, but I hope that the narrative is never silenced. I hope that it's continued to be loud and boastful um, so that those changes can happen.
0: Definitely. Um the representation part is something that I am most that I am proud of that I'm still able to see in my youth even though I'm not a child anymore but still um young in a sense and even though part of me does wish I could have seen it then I mean, seeing it now still has the same effect as it probably would if I saw it when I was a kid, regardless to me, because it's just like I still take it as inspirational and beautiful. And because I can't tell you how happy I felt whenever when I saw Bianca come out with Texas Southern this year, Um, like that was one of that gave me so much life and oxygen like because i wasn't in band but my boyfriend and his brother were Mm -hmm. and i was watching it with them and they felt seen even with that and just having that sort of visibility with something that i've grown up loving for so long it's just such it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen Mm -hmm. and and like you said with montez and with um angelo dawkins with the street profits and just Seeing them and the Hurt Business and just so many and the New Day seeing so many diverse um, parts of blackness sort of take place even in other promotions um, it's showing that we're not just you know a monolithic um, thing you know in wrestling period and I'm so happy that that is happening Um, and in terms of women and having more time you are absolutely correct Um, across all brands women do deserve more time to tell you know meaty stories just like the men have so i definitely agree with that and every and i'm just excited to even see it or just be a part of it now something yeah i was agreeing yeah (laughs) i thought you were gonna say something else um (laughs) but um something that i did notice that you said you mentioned how you kind of want to be the next person to have, you know, your music as a wrestling theme because of course you're a musician. Um because you cuz I was talking about how set how basically the weekend is now known for having three of his hit songs as a WrestleMania theme song for like the past 3 years. So, how do you want to continue to contribute to wrestling, you know, in that way whether it's a fandom or with your music career?
1: Uh hello, I'm cheaper. <laughs> like <laughs> I sound a little like him like if you want that let me know and I can make the song all right and I'm a lot cheaper all right yes but no I want to do I, it i I pray that you know it happens you know I can't I'm not gonna be a wrestler unfortunately uh I don't I don't think that's in my cards but I would love to contribute with music you know if it's if it's meant for me it'll happen. And I love to like write songs for the artists, uh, the wrestlers. I like to write theme songs. I just, I just love to be. I want to be a part of WWE in some way because it's been such a life saving uh, product for me, you know. And if it's only just with my wrestling club and I inspire one of my children to go out and actually be a wrestler, then I've done what I needed to do as well. There, you know. Um, I told them today, like, I think you need to just be 16 to start wrestling. And so they were like, really? I was like, yes, yeah, so you don't have more years. You know, and I will help them. You know, I will figure out promotions here in the city to get them involved if that's something that they're serious about. So it's like if it's with the kid doing it or if it's with me with music or if it's, I mean, I feel like I could be an interviewer. I'd love to be backstage and be like, yo, so what do you think about the match? Like, <laughs> whatever, you know, like, I just want to somehow – hopefully the cards align that I can do it with, I can have a part within the WWE community because I love it so much. And it brings me so much joy, you know? Um, it's, It's the one thing that's made me completely happy in a long time.
0: Great and I hope you get to make all of That come true too because I feel like you would have The personality to um, Be backstage or do Interviews or stuff like that but definitely With your music too like that would be Amazing if I would just wake up one day And then see your music As a as a theme for a pay per view I'd be like oh man! yes like I'll just be so excited yo like,
1: I will pinch myself I'll be like I'll pinch myself like for life I'll be like permanent pinching like you know what I mean yes yeah so that's the goal I'm just gonna keep make. I'm gonna keep doing what I do keep making my music that I think represents me um, and hopefully someone hears it you know
0: definitely I completely respect that so who are your top five favorite wrestlers of all time whether they're male female or non-binary
1: do five well do you want to do 10 can i do 10
0: yes you can do 10 all
1: right (laughs) oh no order
0: yeah that's fine all right
1: sasha bianca carmelo roman sean michaels Mm. randy orton Ricochet, Eddie Guerrero, Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins, Victoria.
0: Okay, that's a pretty solid top ten. What about you? Oh Jesus!
1: (laughs) see it it, it ain't fun right
0: it ain't fun how dare you ask me that wait hold on hold on hold on hold on i'm gonna do 10 um and i'm gonna do them in order see sometimes whenever people ask me five Mm -hmm. i separate male and female um i separate them sometimes but i think since you did 10 i'm gonna do 10 so it's okay um Sasha Banks is my number one, because I just feel like she's the greatest female wrestler of all time, bar She none. is. She she's is. She's the greatest. She is. Um, yes. I'll definitely say Shawn Michaels, um, because when I first saw him, he was like in the 2000s when he found God, and I, and that was something, yes, and that was something that I identified with him with. when he, Yeah, because he went from the changed. South, you already know yes, when, he, when I found out he was saved, I was like, yes, he loves Jesus. I love Jesus. Let's go. And that's and that's what made me love him. But then also his matches, like his quality of matches, even before then was just amazing. So, I respect him. I love him so much. Um, number three, I'll definitely say Eddie Guerrero. Like, he was great. And I can watch his matches with Rey Mysterio back like a thousand times. Especially at Halloween Havoc. Because, yep. yes, WCW, Amazing um yes absolutely um i love roman reigns because i just love his growth as a character just everything that he has overcome to even be an athlete at this point Like this man survived cancer Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? he's amazing mm-hmm. um and his and everything he's doing with the head of the table stuff i just love Genius. oh my god it's genius and of course i love the rock um he's my favorite and i'm definitely manifesting roman and the rock fighting next year um in hollywood at wrestlemania because i'm going right i'm going regardless i'm going to (laughs) look that has to happen it has to happen it has to happen i don't care yeah it has to happen yeah um oh my god i have to list five more jesus um i love thunder rosa okay yeah, from AEW and other places and Mission Pro Wrestling, because I just love her passion for women's wrestling and how she got started in it. And also because she was one of the first big people to that I ever interviewed on my podcast ever. Eight. And she she didn't have to do that. She did not have to do that, but she did, and I'm just so grateful for it. I'm I so grateful. You. I love her. And just to see her as champion now at AEW just makes me so happy. So yeah. I'll always sing her praises. Um Jesus. Wow, this is hard. Um another one that I love is Cassandra Golden. Um she's she has wrestled in Impact mm-hmm. and in AEW Dark and she also wrestles for the Belladonna Division. She was our Forbidden Elegance champion, but she's not anymore, but she is amazing and I just love her work ethic. Um and she's just an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And I love Mickey James and she's someone that i've interviewed um during nwa empower weekend when she produced that all female show hey, last year I remember um yes yeah, so i got to interview her and talk with her and just meeting her she was just so nice and so sweet and i just couldn't believe you know i was standing next to her the whole time it's like what the heck um so that was great <laughs> and two more oh lord this is hard see it is hard. Oh my gosh. I did I wasn't expecting you to ask me. I asked the yeah. question.
1: Except the unexpected. I'm a teacher. All right.
0: Nah. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Two more. I would say definitely Charlotte. Yeah. Because I've actually met her. She's cool. But then her evolution and her excellence as a wrestler is like, it's bar none. It's great. She's Agreed. amazing. Um and for the 10th one, I think I'll just say, ooh, this is hard, AJ Lee, AJ Lee. So
1: I'm gonna say I, miss so, her. I literally just Googled her this morning and said, was AJ Lee a great wrestler? Cause I didn't see her wrestle, but I That's hear right. so many people talk about her.
0: Yes. Like
1: I might have to just check her out cause everyone talks about her.
0: Yes, please look back. Like she was a great wrestler and she was ahead of her time actually. She was far ahead of her time in terms of the stuff that she was doing, the character that she played, and everything. Like, she called, when it was the Divas division, mm-hmm. what she was doing at the time was really great. So I definitely recommend you go back and look at her stuff. It oh, was
1: can you send me a list of matches when you get a chance?
0: Oh, definitely. I'll definitely and do I'll that. i this
1: weekend, because I think what piqued my curiosity, I've heard about her, but someone tweeted today, this morning I saw, they said sasha Banks wrestled her in her tryout match and was yes. where's the footage this would be the greatest woman's match of all time and i was like i don't know this aj lee girl like i've heard about her but everyone keeps talking about her so maybe i should do my research because that oh, was a that i wasn't watching so i have to mm-hmm. check her out
0: yes i'll send you a, i'll send you a bunch of matches like a compilation of stuff you should watch for her okay. like definitely Cool. Alright so You did talk about representation In wrestling so Um Has and you did talk about how Carmelo Hayes even made You know notice you and your children And how they were watching wrestling has any other Wrestler taken notice of Any footage that you've had of your children Or any of your music
1: None of my music um, Okay, just fine Um but yeah, Biggie, Sasha, Becky, Ricochet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a couple of like, oh, Byron Saxon, <laughs> oh. Um, um, Ryan Satin,
0: mm-hmm. he's
1: a Fox Sports analyst
0: yeah he's the host of out of character that's one of their podcasts yeah
1: yeah um wwe nxt Mm uh yeah it's cool because you know like i didn't i i i posted it because i thought it was cool to see their reactions and to like i just was blown away you know i just filmed it and it was so stupid how i filmed it because i wasn't thinking about the fact that there were kids you know, and how, thankfully it's been a positive thing, you know, Um, but it could very well be negative, you know, there's trolls. So I wasn't even thinking at first, I was just so like, I was like, what, like y'all care? Like y'all are actually in, like they (laughs) forgot that I was in the room and was just into it. I was like, I gotta film this for myself. Like I gotta have this moment, you know? And I just happened to post it on Twitter and I went back to teaching. Like, I was, like, and then I look back, and my phone's just, I'm like, what's yeah. going on here? Like, what's happening? Like, that never happens. And it was, like, people just was messaging me, private messaging me. I've gotten so many people want to send kids, like, posters and, like, T-shirts. And I'm like, yeah, but let like, me set up a P.O. box first. Like, you know? Um, So, like, I didn't expect none of this to happen. And it's cool because, it's like, Everyone loves wrestling, you know? And to see kids, I guess it's just the greatest thing in the world, but it was the greatest thing for me. So just to share it with everyone else, I just thought it's cool that the wrestlers are seeing it, you know, and reaching out, like, cause they don't have to, you know? Um, so it's cool that they reach out and they wanna, you know, tell the kids hello and, you know, make their worlds, make them explode even more. Like when Carmel, so Carmelo, it's a cool dude. Um, mm-hmm. He not only sent the kids a video, when they took their state test, he wished them good luck, and I told Aww. them. And, like, they love him. Like, I, I'm his biggest fan, so, like, I'm I'm part of the the Carmelo gang, or if you call it. Whatever, I don't know what they call his fans yet.
0: Me but, neither. like, I
1: am, like, every time there's a thing with him, I'm showing the kids. I'm like, this is a star. He's gonna be a star. Y'all better root for him, you know, type thing. And so they love him. So they always, and like, I remember one day we were in class and one of the kids was like, and I don't miss, like, Mellow And I was like, no, you do not Yes. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I couldn't even respond. I was just like, what? Like, like they're so cute sometimes. I was like, wait, what? like Where is this coming from? Yeah. (laughs) So it's cool when they do that. And he really does like the kids. And so I thought it was cool. And they feel connected to him, you know. And so we're gonna try to set something up, hopefully, uh, where he zooms the kids and talks to them because they, they they really like him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking the next step naturally now is to just get them to do like a meet and greet or just get them to surprise them in class. Yeah. Like that would be insane. They mm-hmm. would probably just just lose their minds and probably. Yeah. Be like, oh my God i like, get
1: I'd probably get let go. They're probably be like Perry that class is too loud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <I laughs> they
0: probably,
1: like, probably be like, them kids in there They ain't learning.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> no, no, they would be happy. The school would love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what does the future hold for you? Uh
1: hopefully. Good health. For one, Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, teaching music WWE no particular order
0: okay that's a pretty good way to end our time together thank you so much Victor for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast so just tell everyone where they can find you or follow you on social media and see what you've got going on and also talk you know more about your music and where they can listen to it as well
1: yeah so you can follow me on twitter um wallflower perry is my name wallflower perry um and my instagram is wallflower named perry um and then you can find my music spotify apple music uh anywhere really just type in victor perry and you'll find all my music and you can hear i make a lot of music so you'll i'm sure you'll find at least one song that you bop to
0: well, thank you so much for coming on the hardy Re- wrestling podcast and as usual know that you can follow your girl stephanie hardy on instagram and twitter at queen steph hardy um and also listen to the hardy wrestling podcast Um, everywhere you get your podcasts and also support me as I try to win this award for the Alabama Music Awards for Bama Podcast of the Year. Please vote, vote, vote as I share um, the link on my social media platforms. And until then, um, just have an amazing day and just continue to chill out and love wrestling. Bye y'all.